0: For joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Well this is gonna be a fourth and last session for this month on our Kingdom of God finances. Uh, we had some more things to look into obviously and uh, <clears throat> well we'll get right into it. Let's go ahead and pray first though. <clears throat> Father we thank you this evening for this opportunity and this place and the desire in the lives of these people to seek first your kingdom, Father. We allow the Holy Spirit entrance into our lives tonight to come and take the things of yours and show them unto us. We yield ourselves right now to thee. We choose to put away the thoughts and the things that were going on in our minds prior to this. And, Father, we yield to make ourselves available now. We choose to have an ear to hear what the Spirit says unto the church. So, Father, we give you entrance. In place this evening. We thank you for everything that you have done for us and our doing and we make a decision right now to choose to receive your word in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Is there anywhere that doesn't have a handout right now? I don't think you get one, did you? Uh, anybody else that doesn't have a handout, Or oh, you did get one. Okay, well you got another one. <clears throat> All right, let's look at the top of our sheets. of Actually, let's, let's turn to that Matthew 6.33. We've had that on there for several weeks, uh, and it's been several times in the past month or more that it's come up with pastor ministering, <coughs> and uh, it's, it is a very important scripture, so we will look at it again this evening. Matthew 6.33, he says, but seek ye, when you find the time, the kingdom of God. First. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You see, that is a decision on our part. Nobody has to come make us do that. Probably nobody will come make us do it. Now, if you're married, the other spouse may give you a little pride or something, but it's it's the initiatives with us. And so we need to do that. But he's telling us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, in the prior verses, he's talking about a lot of things that are added to us, a lot of things we need, things we eat, drink, wear, all those things are covered. And so... Our part is to have a desire to seek first his kingdom. See that his kingdom is much more important than this world system that we live in. It, there is, there's no comparison. So, And that's our desire to do that. And the more we do desire that, and we give it first place in our life, we're going to find ourselves being able to receive the things. Receiving things is important, isn't it? We've found that out many times in our discussions. And I found out after I printed up all my notes, I think I need a little word of explanation here on the, <clears throat> the line that says, your future is in your seed sown. Well, I've had that on in the top of the page for a couple of lessons, but I changed it a little bit this week. And we to your seed sown, your words and money. <clears throat> well, if somebody just got that note and didn't have any explanation with it, they may tend to think, well, your seed sowns, Only got to do with words and only got to do with your money. Well, that's that's not the case. What I'm trying to express there, when we sow the word of God, God's word is seed into our lives. And when we sow that word into our lives by speaking and by saying, it is going to produce after its kind, just like every other seed is, the way he instituted things way back in the book of Genesis. And so we can absolutely and should be sowing the Word of God into our life and saying the things that we want, not necessarily saying the things we have right now. There may be some things we have right now we don't want, or we need to call for the things that we do want. And money, certainly there's things other than money that can be sown. That's on the sheet this evening because what we happen to be talking about is finances in the kingdom of God. But certainly that is not the only thing that pertains to Okay, we'll start with second Corinthians chapter eight. If there's a second Corinthians, there must of necessity be a what? A first Corinthians. How about that? Second Corinthians chapter eight Verse twelve. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12 says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased, and ye burdened, but by an equality. Now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be an equality. There'd be a time in your life when you would have something that you would be able to sow into somebody else's life. It wouldn't necessarily have to be finances. It could be a bag of potatoes. It could be a pair of shoes. It could be whatever it is. But as we have an ear to hear what the Spirit says to us, and that will develop in our lives if we're, seeking first the kingdom of God, you'll find him prompting you. And sometimes, if you may maybe a little slow on the pick up, like I am at times, it may take you a while to figure out what he's actually saying or prompting you with. It may just come as a thought. You might not think any more of it. <clears throat> but as time goes on, you'll learn more. You'll find out, you can begin to see, well, that's the Spirit of God that's speaking directly me to do that. So if he speaks to me, I should be willing to have an ear to hear and also Act upon what he's telling me. Because you don't know another person's situation. I mean, you may or may not know another person's situation, but the Spirit of God speaks to you and says, Well, do this for so and so, give this to so and so, and something like that. You don't know what kind of blessing that may be in their life and what they're looking for right now. They may have been believing for that exact same thing. <clears throat> uh, and if I have time by the end of our class, I do have, it sort of goes along with that scripture now that I'm saying that. I know I've mentioned before Brother Keith Moore. I have, uh, was watching one of his ministry videos and stuff recently. He shared something that I found quite interesting on that, if we have time to get to it. <clears throat> okay, so first, a willing mind is very important. And that's where and we have a choice to do that. Uh, we don't need to allow the devil to come along and make sure what we're going to have in my mind, what we're going to do with it. We're the ones that can choose to have a willing mind. And again... If we're seeking first the kingdom of God, is prefaced by this, then that'll be much more active in our lives. Uh, Now we'll go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 4, verses 1 and 2. Note, say, ministers and stewards of Christ. You've probably heard the parable before about the good steward now, and the steward's mentioned many times in the Bible. It has to do with like a manager or an overseer. Now, you could equate that to some of your jobs and professions. You have managers. The manager's you're not usually the guy that came out on the job one day, and the next day he's a manager. <laughs> it takes some experience. It takes some ability to have oversight. No, it takes some knowledge. Well, same in the spiritual realm. <clears throat> ministers and stewards of Christ. Well, let's go ahead and read the verses, I guess. First Corinthians chapter four, verse one. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. And you say, well, what's that got to do with us here? Well, we're talking about finances, and we're going to have to be faithful with our finances. And we've mentioned before in a couple of the other sessions that we've already gone through about the tithe is the first tenth, and it's holy and belongs to God. And that was instituted way back in the beginning. And in in conjunction with what we've been sharing about seed time and harvest and sowing seed, and many times it's financial seed, that in order for your financial seed that you're sowing to be blessed, the blessing the blessing is going to come upon that seed from your obedience to God in the tithe. If we're not tithing, if we're not giving the first tenth, which is holy and belongs unto God, if we're not returning that to Him and honoring Him with that, then that blessing's not going to be there to be available upon your seed sowing. And we shared that, and that's in some of our notes prior to this. <coughs> so it's important that we are stewards and that we're faithful stewards. He says a steward must, the notes say a steward must first be found faithful. Notice the many times we're finding the word first here. Just like you have to seek first the kingdom of God. Well, in order for somebody to be a steward, he has to be faithful, meaning he has to be trustworthy. And you wouldn't probably even give a portion of your money or greater portions of it to somebody you didn't even know or have any confidence in, but well, sometimes in the world system that happens. Some people have some, a certain amount of finances and they tell them, well, Joe Blow's pretty good at managing that stuff. He was manager's mind. Well, if all you do, go, all you do is go by Joe Blow's word, you might get Joe Blow's results and who knows what that's going to be. So faithful. We, we need to be faithful. We're talking about finances in our lives and in the kingdom of God, and you are in the kingdom of God, so they certainly mesh together. And so we need to be faithful as stewards to be able to handle money. If we cannot handle $5 correctly in truth, fear, and honesty in the kingdom of God, you don't have to worry about him dropping five grand on your doorstep next week. Somebody else may do it for whatever reason, but it's not going to come in to you if you've got to be faithful in the least before you're going to be faithful and more. And that's an important thing in all of our lives. And, we, and that's part of our training up a child in the way he should go. You know, if you look up that scripture, I believe it's in Proverbs or whatever, and find out the very next scripture following, that one's interesting. It's talking about finances and money. Now, there's a lot more to do with training up a child than just money, but certainly that's a part of it. We need to teach them the value of it now in our handling of it. <clears throat> So a steward must first be found faithful, trustworthy. Uh, we'll move to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1. Say, so where are we going? Way back to Isaiah. That's in the Old Testament, isn't it? Well, yes it is. <clears throat> and so was in the book of Genesis. <laughs> we started there also. Money's been around for a long time, folks. God's kingdom's been around for a long time. His instructions to us have been around for a very long time. And so they all pertain to us. Okay, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword... For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Whoa. Who spoke it? The Lord. That's the Lord's instruction. And we know the Lord's always right. And if we seek first his kingdom and apply those things into our life, we'll find out that we'll be right much more often. We can become faithful stewards in these things as well. If you be willing and obedient, <clears throat> You shall eat the good of the good of the land. And I note that I'm saying your heart. See this involves our being right in here, willing and obedient. Now, you could be willing and obedient and need to be willing and obedient in many areas. Not Certainly not just finances, but again, that happens to be what our subject matter is for this month in teaching and finding out more understanding for our own lives so we can cooperate with him, so we can become faithful stewards, so we can grow in our finances and be able to <coughs> be the one that's having a full supply of being able to reach out to others and not being the one that's lacked. And there's not a problem with somebody being in lack. If they're being in lack, God will take care of that lack. All we have to do is seek first his kingdom. He'll find a way to make it happen. You say, how can he control all those things? Well, he was around long before computers were around, folks. And everything that computers do, he is the computer, so to speak. And I don't mean that in a, in a detrimental or a wrong way. But he knows all, everything that's going on. He can certainly... Take care, of things, take care of things in our life, speaking about finances. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land in our heart condition, our relationship with him in the kingdom, and not only with him, with other people. We have to be, you know, have a willing and open heart to be able to be a good steward. <clears throat> in our notes, God's abundance in your life begins with a willing heart and obedient action to what he has directed you to do. God's abundance in your life begins. That's another way of saying first. Begins with a willing heart and obedient action to what he has directed you to do. Sometimes it can be a very small voice, and many times it will be just that. You could get direction another way, by a louder voice, by somebody else prophesying something into your life that you recognize and see that that is the word of the Lord coming to you or whatever. But certainly he'd like to speak to us in the still, small voice. He'd like to be able to direct us. You'll, you'll have, an, you'll have a, an unction. You'll have a prompt and you'll have a thought come up, however you want to say it. Uh, so-and-so. I'd like to have you give so-and-so X number of dollars or whatever. And you don't really need to know Why? You could be thinking, so and so, he's loaded. What do you need a couple of bucks for? Well, now, what you need to do is ascertain is this instruction coming from the Lord or not. If it is, if it's the fair of God directing you to do that, well, you don't need to what's going, you don't need to know what's going on or not going on in His or Her life. Our part is to be obedient, willing, and obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. So. In our mind and the adversary trying to plant thoughts in our minds can sometimes cause us to miss things. We'd have that thought, well, certainly, they don't need any money. Well, that's, they may be well off. But if his direction was for you to give so-and-so something in order to be obedient, that's what you need to do. And you will be blessed in that also. There's more than one way to be blessed in the kingdom of God, that's for sure. So... <coughs> Uh, willing in the middle part of that paragraph willing even when you do not have anything to sow because God gives seed to the sower now we need to look at that one go to 2nd Corinthians 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 and then verse 10 be willing even when you do not have anything to sow because God gives seed to the sower 2 Corinthians 9:10 Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness now when we started deceiving, look at that Matthew 6.33. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And all these things will be added to you. Well, take a look at what this verse is saying, how it fits in. He that ministers seed to the sow, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So this is another way we can cooperate with the kingdom of God in our life and be blessed. <clears throat> Many, it's, It has much more to do with just a dollar bill or a ten dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill and all in our finances and our needs and our wants. All those things are included. God said He'd supply our needs. He said He'd supply our wants. And several different scriptures we've looked at a bunch of them. You'll find them on your previous papers. But there's more to it than just that in the whole kingdom of God and he wants us to be willing and obedient. Willing and obedient. To have a heart that's pliable to him so he can guide us in these things. So, <clears throat> if you would lack the finance, you, you're thinking, well, I have a desire to, I'd like to be able to sow some money in somebody else's life. But I don't have that right now. Well, the Bible says, seek and ye shall find, knock and shall be open unto us. You can pray and tell the Spirit of God your situation, and He's going to know immediately, not by any computer system, the condition of your heart. It's, you're not just trying to put a con job on the Spirit of God to try to get you some money because you may not give it to so-and-so anyhow. But if you're serious about what His Word says in His Kingdom, you can ask Him to provide seed to the sower. See, so I don't know how you're going to do that, but the guy up there at church says, I don't need how no. you can just do it all on your own. You can get it done anyhow, and he can. And then when he supplies that seed to you for that reason, well, then you want to make note of that and be knowledgeable of that. I would suggest the first tenth of that seed you separate because it belongs to him, it's holy unto him, return that tithe to him, and then make sure that you sow that seed in, into who he directed you to do. <clears throat> now you say, well... I did get the money after I prayed that, but uh, something came up and you know I just had to do it. I had to take care of a bill. Well, guess what? There's such, this thing called forgiveness. You go back to God and let him know what happened and how that happened and all. And that can be forgiveness. But I suggest, and I guess I would say this, the, the fact that you should do that if that happened, if that situation happened, you should do that, meaning go back to him and let him know. He knows the situation anyhow, even before you came, but then that's going to show him the condition of your heart again. You're, you're willing to come back to him and let him know that, well, you, I messed up on this. You provided this, and that's what happened. And <clears throat> Jesus took care of a lot of forgiveness for him, did he not? The forgiveness is still there. Seventy times seven, it says in one place. So, <clears throat> but... The willingness in our heart has a lot to do with us, is how we're saying as we're going through these first verses here. Our condition, our working with God. He wants us. Abundance is throughout this Bible, multitudes of places. That's who He is. His kingdom is all about abundance and not lack. And that's what He wants you and I to operate in so we can demonstrate the kingdom of God in whatever area we're around. We contact you know, people just once in a while. We contact people where we live. We contact people at work or whatever where we can have an inroad into their lives for good when we're operating in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> uh, John chapter 10. Chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief, now who would that be? Besides the cryptomaniac on the corner someplace, whatever. But the thief is the adversary, the devil. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. That's his bonus operandi. When he's coming and trying to whisper something in your ear, so to speak, as we grow we should know right off that that's not from God because he's not going to be talking about anything good from God his motive is, he's he's coming to steal, kill and destroy that's where he's coming from he's coming to take something out of our life both financially and physically probably try to tell you you're going to have a heart, heart attack next Tuesday and see if he can put you in fear or many other things but all he does that's what he comes for steal, kill and destroy that's his modus operandi. That's all that he knows. He cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy, I am come that ye might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And that verse was in red if you didn't happen to have red coloring in your Bible or whatever. So Jesus is giving, it, giving us information there about our adversary, the devil. That's what the New Testament calls him. Your adversary, the devil. That's a personal pronoun. And your name fits right in there. My name fits. That's that's what he's after. He's after us. He doesn't want us to see, does not want to see us operating in the kingdom of God. He doesn't want, so to speak, another Jesus here on earth because he couldn't handle the first one. But we are the body of Christ on planet earth. That's how Jesus operates through you and I. Jesus came for us to have life abundantly we have in the notes there abundance what would you say for a, a description of abundance more than enough perfect that's exactly what it is more than enough now one person's budget may be $700 a month I have to have a minimum of $700 a month to live. The next person's budget could be seven grand a month. Well, there's a disparity there in figures, but there's reasons why they're both living within that range. But, but for the person that had to have the $700 a month, abundance with him, he just had $2,400 come in. He's going to go, hop, 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 hop. Well, let's go out to eat. Let's do this. Hope he doesn't go make another debt or something else or whatever. But again, that's his decision or her decision, whatever the case may be, as they seek first the kingdom of God, as they're willing and obedient, they'll begin to hear more. And they'll be able to be entrusted. They'll become a good steward, and they'll be entrusted more. But abundance is more than enough. More than enough. Say that again. More than enough. And that can... <clears throat> that can cause some of us, especially when we're young in the Lord or whatever, haven't been around that long, and you hear people talking about, you know, abundance, and sowing seed and all these things, that may be hard to comprehend it. I know it was for me when I look way back there. Didn't have two pennies to rub together, they said. I mean, things didn't look good. But I began to grasp a whole of His Word. You know, that's what it says. He can't lie, so it has to be right, even though it doesn't look at it right now. And you always got yabba, yabba, yabba over here trying to talk in the air and give you these bad thoughts. You make them, well, I ain't never going to work up. There's no way in the world. You can't even give them a quarter for crying out loud. You're in the hole. That may be the case at that time. But we won't give him credit for it because he can't tell the truth anyhow. So <clears throat> he wouldn't have known it was the truth. But God's desire in his kingdom is abundance. I mean, the fruit trees grow. They put abundance out they fall off and drop on the ground because there's so many of them in the animal kingdom, in the fish, in the sea, all over the place. God's <laughs> modus operandi is abundance, it always has been and always will be. And He wants you and I to partake of that, and maybe more importantly, to be able to demonstrate that. By that, I mean not to make you look like a big shot, but if you have all your needs met because God's blessing upon your life, because you've been willing and obedient. You sow financial seed into other people's lives. You believe in the word of God and the kingdom of God, and you've been stored with that. You've got to the point where you're a good steward so he can entrust you with it. Well, then he's not going to run out. And we don't need to spend any time worrying, where in the world is he going to get that kind of money to give it to me? Don't worry about it. He's got more opportunities to give money. In fact, this is, how, this is what we're looking at this see is how he works the whole thing out. He's going to speak the... I hesitate. Sometimes I used to use expressions a lot. He's going to speak to Sister Susie. Well, Susan's here, so I don't want to use that name all the time. It may be connotation to somebody else, or I may use some other person's name. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure I've probably done it before. <clears throat> but he has plenty of ways to orchestrate all this. He hears. The brand new Christian that doesn't have anything to sow right now, but somebody told them about the Word of God here, so they've been reading that Word and reading that Word and reading that Word that God gives seed to the sower. And so they ask God for it, and then they supply, He supplies something to them. Well, that's a little encouragement in their life for something to do. Well, God had to speak to some so-and-so to be able to, and it would have been a so-and-so that's got an ear to hear, He wants them, wants you to sow this into that person's life. And in stewards, and what we should all be, striving is not the word. Striving is not the word. But what we should all be working towards is that he knows our numbers, so to speak, and when he knows he tells us to do something, it is going to get done, however small or however large it was. And that's part of diligence. So you can see that even come to pass in a local church like this right here. There may be people that pastors asked in before to do something, Well, they seemed all gone home, willing to go to do it. But then he didn't come back again for three weeks. Well, we're not going to condemn him right now for that, but that necessarily wasn't a good trait. You can find out what's going on. But a man swears to his own hurt and changes not. We have to keep our word. Looks like we're going on another subject here, so let's move on. Uh, But Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. Abundance is readily available in the kingdom of God. If we do not see it readily available in our lives, we just need to ask God. And the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal things to you that he wants you to look at. You'll be going to some place and all of a sudden this person is talking about it. You don't even know know they're born again. Now you find out that they're born again and they know more about the word of God in the situation that you ever thought. Well, what I'm trying to say is he'll make many ways to get something into your life, as long as we're willing and obedient. That's the bedrock. Uh, Let me take just a couple of minutes here on this, because this it's come to me twice just reading the top parts of these notes. Uh, Brother Keith Moore, uh, and we talked a few weeks ago, and several, several of you know who he is or whatever, but... He was, this was when he was attending Rhema Bible Training. He was a student there. And when they had prayer school and all, he used to go to that also. So he was in prayer school and he was praying about it because he had, because going to class you had to come, you know, they had a dress code so to speak. And he says, well, at the time, I had one suit coat, two pair of slacks, and one pair of shoes. <laughs> so it's pretty easy when you're going to wear that suit coat, with well, this pair of pants, this damn whatever. But his shoes, out of all those things, those were the ones that are in the worst condition. And so, because <clears throat> you're going to learn about the Word of God, you're going to learn about faith of all areas there, in the Rainbow Bible Training Center so he'd been learning some things and so him and his wife, because Keith was going to school there and his wife was working a job in Tulsa and so they had agreed that they were going to claim money that came in for him to be able to buy a pair of shoes. He says "No." a week went by, a couple weeks went by, several weeks went by but then all of a sudden he got a check in the mail and says, Keith I don't know what the situation is but I felt led to sew this money into your life. And he says, and there's a $50 bill, a Benjamin, in this envelope. He hadn't seen one of those in a while. So he says, all right. It's grand. Huh? It's Grant. Huh? <laughs> <It's grand>. Yeah. <laughs> On, the 50. On the 50. Okay. <laughs> How about that? <clears throat> well, it's a good thing. So anyhow, it was a $50 bill. I remember that. <laughs> I threw in the other line, that's probably why I was wrong. So <clears throat> anyhow, uh, he's in prayer that next morning in, in the in the prayer school, and he says he's laying on the floor thanking God for everything and whatever. And he'd got up, and there was a guy that was going to teach, or had been teaching that whole week, because they do have ministers come at different sections. This guy was teaching for a week there. And so as Keith was getting up, the Spirit of God spoke to him, and he says, the fellow that's going to minister today, I'd like you to give him that fifty dollars, because he's believing me for a pair of shoes. He says, "What? He's all excited about heaven and fifty bucks, and now he thinks the spirit of God's telling him, i 'I'd like you to give him to that minister, because he's believing me for money for a pair of shoes.'" And he said, As I'll be honest with you, I wrestled for a while. He says, and a little while later, you know what I did? He says, I rebuked you, devil, in the name of Jesus. He says, he says, I figured that had to be the devil. He says, I just got this way, and I'm believing God for a pair of shoes. And so <clears throat> time went on, and then he knew, that's certainly what the Spirit of God, because he spoke to him more than once in that situation. He says, no, that individual believed me for a pair of shoes. He says, if you'll be obedient to what I'm asking you to do, you will never lack for shoes the rest of your life. Well, that got his attention. And so, uh, <clears throat> i got to make this story short if I guess I can. So, anyhow, they had the session that they, he taught in the class. Now, when all got done, he waited, pretty much cleared out, and he walked up to the individual. He said, do you mind if I speak with you for just a minute? He says, no, sure, what do you got? He says, well, I'd like to ask you a question. He says... Uh, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? And the guy says, What'd you say? <laughs> and Keith says, Oh no, he's gonna report me. He says to the dean. I think we got another got another flake here or something, he says. He says, No, uh, I just simply wanted to know, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? The guy looked at him, he says, Hold it right there. He called his wife over. His wife's like in the, sitting in the chairs there whatever. she comes over and once she gets there <clears throat> the teacher says to Keith tell her what you told me he says I was just simply asking if he was believing God for a pair of brown shoes and so she broke off on a happy dance and hollering and praising and everything else and she told him she says two hours ago we were in the room behind where the teachers are he says and we agreed in prayer, believing God telling him we needed a pair of brown shoes. So God knew the color. God knew the person. God knew everything else. And the other part of that story is Keith has never lacked for another pair of shoes in his life. The Lord. He was in a meeting one day. Now, years later, ministry, he was in a meeting one day and uh, this guy came up to him and he put a credit card in his hand. And he says, I want you to go to a shoe store in this, I believe it was Tulsa, but anyhow, where it was, I want you to go to a shoe store, and he says, buy yourself a pair of shoes. Don't buy those cheap things, he says, buy anything you want, get the exotic stuff, he says, get the, whatever, the alligator skin and some other kind of skin, Now he says, don't worry about the cost, but get yourself a very good, expensive pair of shoes. This came out of nowhere. Well, how and why would that happen? Well, it would happen because when the Spirit of God spoke that to him that day, he wasn't joking just an idle thought. That'll never happen or whatever. No. And he says, he's never. It's happened month well, I shouldn't use the word It's happened many, many times in his life then till now in why, in why shoes. Because that's what the Spirit of God spoke to him when he encouraged him to do that. And I've heard very similar reports that had to do with like clothes and suits and stuff and stuff like that. So, But that would happen because... Seed produces what? What does an apple seed produce? It'll always produce apples. Well, if you sow a seed for shoes, or if you buy a pair of shoes yourself and give those shoes to somebody, I hope you know the right size when you do that. But anyhow, a a shoe seed sown is going to produce shoes. You're not surprised that you planted tomatoes and the vine came up and there was actually tomatoes on it because you planted tomatoes and they produce after their kind. Well, it's the same thing in the kingdom of God in the area of finances. That's why when you sow somebody, if you sowed somebody a $50 bill, we won't mention any presidents, (coughs) but a $50 bill, your harvest would come through in $50 bills. Well, I don't know about that, you say. Well, that may be where you're at right now, but I hope you know about it some way, because that's the way it works. And we, we should know it right now, and that's what his word says, seed produces after its kind. <clears throat> okay, so we got Keith's story, and I thought Keith's story, and I thought that was very funny, the way he told it anyhow. so <clears throat> All right, now our handout, the handout books that were passed out in class. Uh, if you take those with you. Is there anybody that does not have one of our handout books, okay? We'll take care of that right here. Now these books only cost a hundred bucks, so I mean, if you want to buy any extras tonight, not teasing yourself. (laughs) But if they did cost a hundred bucks, and I sewed them, and they cost And I said if, because they did not, but you can recognize that seed, they would come back in that. And so that's what we got to understand sometimes. When you've, you've sowed some seed out there, and it speaks about the 30, 60, and the 100 fold, I suggest you don't necessarily worry about the 60, or 100 fold. Now start off with the 30. If you believe God for 30 fold, you're going to be doing much more than we could. It would be way out of the ordinary, I can tell you that. So, Alright, let's get to it here. The mini book on prosperity, and let me find my page real quick. I believe it's going to be around 13 that I wanted us to start with. All right, let's let's go to verse ten. Excuse me. Let's go to chapter ten in this mini book. At the bottom or the bottom third of that, it's going to say, but faith is the same in in every realm, in every sphere. Faith works identically in every realm and in every sphere. Faith for finances works just like faith for healing. And if you read previously, now this is on page 10, and it's the bottom part of page 10. And it's saying this because When you go through and read the whole book, uh, there was a time in Brother Hagin's life when he was not doing good in finances at all, very hard conditions. And and that'll be explained in the first part of the book. And so he was always great for healing in his own life. Him, his wife, and his children, if they ever got sick, it didn't last more than a day or so, ever. He never had a problem with that. He knew how to believe God because God was using him with healing and all. So he knew that. And he was exercising faith in that area when something tried, did try to attack their own lives. He says, Faith for finances works just like faith for healing. The baptism in the Holy Spirit of salvation. Faith is the same in the financial realm as it is in any of the others. And so that may help some of us because I know one way it will help all of us. You believed God's word to get born again. You might not have known how anything about it prior to that, but it didn't make any difference. Spirit of God began to deal with you. Somebody showed you the word, and then you believed on God's word, and it manifested in your life. Well, faith for finances works the same as faith in any other area of our lives. All right, let's go to, let's go to uh, page 13. It's going to be the beginning of chapter 3. I made, I know it is page 13, but it's not written in your book, so I wrote it in mine so I'd know. But it is chapter 3, back to beginnings. You can't believe beyond actual knowledge, the Lord said. I'll have to correct your theology a little. I'd been indoctrinated with all that religious thinking, and unconsciously, I still thought that maybe it was wrong to have the things of this world. So the Lord said to me, go back to the book of beginnings. I knew he was talking about the book of Genesis. He said, you know I made the world in the fullness thereof. Yes. You know I made my man Adam. Yes. You know it says in the 50th Psalm that every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Yes. It says in the Old Testament that the silver and the gold are the lords. Yes, I know that. He said, it's mine because I am the creator and I made it. But then I turned it all over to my man, Adam. I said, Adam, I give you dominion over all the works of my hands. Notice it didn't say, I had the thought or I had a feeling. God says, I said, Adam, I give you dominion over all the work of my hands. That meant Adam had dominion over the cattle on a thousand hills, he had the dominion over the world and the fullness thereof, he had dominion over the silver and the gold. Let me ask you, who do you think should have dominion over the silver and gold today? The body of Christ. Absolutely, the body of Christ should be the one controlling that entire thing. Then the Lord said, for whom do you think I made the cattle of a thousand hills? For whom do you think I made the world in the fullness thereof? For whom do you think I made the silver and the gold? For the devil and his crowd? No, for my man, Adam. But Satan came along and Adam committed high treason and sold out to the devil. Now in this the next little paragraph, there's Brother Higgins saying, I had never heard anybody preach this back in January 1950. This was brand new to me, a revelation. Well, that's what happens when the Spirit of God shows. When we're reading the Word of God, we might not fully understand it, but then all of a sudden you'll be reading it and you say, hey, and this other scripture will come to you, and you go over there and look at that, and that ties right in with this. Well, that's how he reveals things to us. It is a revelation, seeing something that you hadn't seen before. Let's go to page 16. And the first full paragraph there, towards the top of the page. The Lord said, I'm not withholding adequate food and clothing from your little children. That's not me. It's the devil. He is the God of this world. The money you need is down there on earth, it is not up here in heaven. I'm not going to rain any money down from heaven because I don't have any American dollars up here. And if I did rain any $20 bills down, they would be counterfeit. And I am not a counterfeiter. You see, the silver and gold are down there on earth where you need it. And so now God has the ability, as we're seeking first the kingdom of God, and he us in this stuff, he can have an opportunity come to your way where you'd be able to get some silver and gold, if it was needed in that situation, whatever it was. But the point is, he's the one that made all this, and he did not make it for the devil and his system. He's made it for us. His desire is for us to have abundance. And so what are we doing now in these classes? We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can begin to think in agreement with him his desire, His will, is abundance. Even though that may not be what we see right now in the natural around in our lives. That is His will. It doesn't change or alter His word. That's what His design is for our life. Abundance, more than enough. <clears throat> uh, the bottom of page 16 again. I said in Luke 6.38, give... And it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Down there, down there. God is going to use a man or a woman, species of man which he made, to deposit something into your life so that you'll meet your need and so that you can be a blessing to somebody else's life. And see, that's why he's in control. You say, how could he possibly, how does he keep track of all these different needs in the world? Susie needs $9, Harry needs a grand, the other guy needs 50 grand. How's he going to do all this? Let him worry about it. He does an excellent job at it. He has people he can speak to all over the planet that are already trained up in this. And when he he tells them, sow this into that individual's life, he knows for a fact they're going to do it because, see, again, they're faithful stewards. They're trained and grown into this area. He has them all over the place. Guess what he wants you and I to be? He wants to train us to be faithful stewards in this area. Now, that would mean more than just this room. But he's got enough supply to meet all the needs. <clears throat> got to move along again. I suggest you read this book a whole lot more than once. I didn't pass them out just to be something. I passed them out because I know it is... It'll, it will affect your life. And not only that, if you'll read the thing aloud so your ears can hear what your mouth is saying, and if you'll read it in conjunction with the Word of God. So you're open to this, and it gives a reference verse. Turn to that reference verse and read that thing out loud. See what it's saying. See how it applies. Okay, top of page 17. Then what should I do, I asked. He replied, in the first place, and this will help you, don't pray about money anymore. That is in the way you have been praying. Claim whatever you need. I, I never had heard anybody say that about money. That came as a shock to me. I guess my mouth fell open and my eyes bugged out. The Lord continued, you say, They see, do you get that? He's not saying don't think about it, have a feeling about it. He's telling them this is what you're going to do. You're going to say, Satan, take your hands off my money. Because it's Satan who is keeping it from coming to you, not me. Claim it because it's down there on earth and Satan has the most control of it because he's the God of this world. Say, I claim, naming whatever it is you want or need. <clears throat> I guess i got to read the next one too here. Uh, people will argue, well, I can believe that God will meet our needs, but that's that's getting too far out there when you start talking about wants. That's just what I said to the Lord. Now, Lord, I can believe that you want to meet our needs, but our wants? And the Lord replied, you claim to be a stickler for the word. In the 23rd Psalm that you quote so many times, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It says in the 34th Psalm, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Claim whatever you need or want. Say, Satan, take your hand off my finances. Then say, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. I said, Lord, what in the world do you mean by that? I had never heard that before. He said, well, did you ever read in the book of Hebrews where it said that the angels, thy ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Hebrews 1.14. I answered, Lord, I thought that said to minister to. No, it doesn't say they'll minister to you. It says they'll minister for you. Jesus said, actually, ministering spirits are sent to serve you. For example, you go into a restaurant and sit down, and the waitress comes to wait on you to serve that table to minister for you. You turn your order in, and she goes and gets it. Can you see what he was saying? Turn your order in. Send the ministering spirits out to get it by saying, go ministering spirits and cause the money to Come. I had never told them to do anything, and I could imagine. Meaning, he never spoke to the angels to tell them that, and I could imagine them saying to one another, "I wonder when that dummy is going to wake up." Yeah. And down in the bottom of the page, or towards the bottom, it says, "Angels are spirits that are ministering spirits. They are sent to minister. They are sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation." And that is us, whereas of salvation. So God's plan and purpose, the devil has no place in our life. And we're talking about in the area of finances right now. But general statement, he has no no place in our lives anywhere. And we're, we're not to give him, he said. The Bible tells us, give no place to the devil. He has no place in our lives. But he'll come along and try to lie to us. And maybe in a day we're not feeling so good or whatever the situation is. But he has no place in our life no matter what. Devil try to tell you, well, I saw you doing so and so. None of your business, devil. None of your business. I've got forgiveness. Praise God. The grace of God's in my life. The kingdom of God's in my life. I seek first the kingdom of God. So, <clears throat> God has many things to do, but this is this is sort of an eye opener about how the Spirit of God dealt with him on that, and gave him the instruction to do that. We can claim what it is that we need, and that you can go along and look up plenty of scriptures to go along with us. So not only you can and you could, you should. That's the only way it's going to become more and more real in our life when we see that so we can apply it to our life in that area. And the angels can be ministering spirits, go to minister for us. And if, if you read on, we won't take the time through there right now, but he's, he's saying how that the devil the, the devil himself doesn't do all the bad work in the kingdom of darkness. He has other demon spirits that go around. They try to whisper in somebody's ear. They try to tell them you got this sickness. They try to tell them you got this problem whatever. The devil's not doing anything himself. Well, in the kingdom of God, the angels are ministering spirits. They come to minister to us. In this area, they would be ministering. Now, if we never knew that you could tell the angels, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come, thank you, uh, well, then we never would have done it. Then we maybe never have done it up till now. But that doesn't mean it's not part of God's word in his kingdom. And so, hence, that's why we need to look for ourselves. That's why I pass out handout sheets and stuff when we use many references so that we can see what the kingdom of God is all about. And and now we're talking about the area of finances, so this is what it applies to. But God's wanting you and I to He we know His will is that we live in abundance. We've read it just in this month alone several times, so in the Old Testament all the way through and into the new. That is his will, that is desire, that is his kingdom. And so we Need to find out what we need to change in our mindset, in our thinking, in our hearts. We got to. We have to be good stewards. We have to be faithful stewards. We need to be trained in this. Yield ourselves to that, so the Spirit of God can work through that. Now, you're, not only will your life be blessed financially, you're going to be enabled to bless others, just like somebody that's not born again. Well, they certainly can't. Well. I can say they can't go around. They can go around if they want to, but they're not going to be effective trying to minister the word of God and the kingdom of God and salvation to another person if they're not even saved themselves. They wouldn't even know about it. <clears throat> but God's desire is for you and I to live in abundance. Always has, been, always has been, that's still his case. And abundance would enable us to do more than we're doing right now. More for your own life, more for your own family's life, more for this church's life. Abundance. We can use abundance in the kingdom of God in all of our lives. <clears throat> uh, towards the bottom of the page, on uh, our notes, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. I do want to read that one also, so we'll go there. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. When it says dealeth with a slack hand, that has to do with deceitfully false or slothful. So God doesn't want us Doing things deceitfully or in a slothful manner. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. That's what you're going to get. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. <clears throat> now, if, and that word diligent, I should say, means active and eager. So a person's not to be slothful, they're to be active and eager condition of the heart again and so but in God's word he said there the hand of the diligent maketh rich now that's the promise in God's word we believe for God so loved the world that he gave so we become born again we should learn to believe the hand of the diligent maketh rich because that's exactly as true as the rest of them is that's part of his kingdom Our Heavenly Father, I'm I'm on the bottom of our handout sheet right now. Our Heavenly Father is willing to provide good things, health and wealth for you. He is not keeping them back or withholding them from you. He requires your willingness and obedience to receive his abundance. He has abundance. There's no question about that because that is in the Word numerous, numerous times. It's true. If it's the, in, anywhere like that's in the Word of God, it's true. And so therefore, we need to be transformed by renewing our mind. We need to change and understand and grasp what His Word is telling us so that we can have some faith in it, so that we can act upon it, so we can be speaking that into our life, and then everything will produce after its kind. When you sow the word of God about finances and the kingdom of God and diligent, that's going to begin to affect your life. When you begin to sow finances into other people's life, that's going to begin to affect your life. <clears throat> affect our lives for good. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.